Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. to nothing. When you live in a state of nothingness, you understand what that song means. Come on, there's been many times that you didn't have two nickels to rub together, but God stepped in. In the midst of time, some of you may, that may not be your testimony. Come on, you ended up in a hospital and didn't know what was going on with you, but God stepped in the midst of it all. And I can truly say I thank God today for he has been everything to me. Hallelujah. Just tap that on your computers. He is my everything. That's got you got to make that personal. He is my everything. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we come to you right now. God telling you, thank you, oh God, for this day, 
We thank you, oh God, for this hour. God, we thank you, God, for this very moment that we stand here, oh God, proclaiming your word, oh God. We ask you right now, oh God, the Holy Spirit of the living God, have your way, oh God. Stand strong in me, God, decrease me, and stand strong in me, God. Let the words of my mouth, God, let it say something, oh God, that someone can receive, oh God. I've done the work, oh God, and now you have to do the rest, oh God. We lift your name on high, God. We give your name all the praise, all the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. And the people of God said amen. And the people of God say amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. First, giving honor to God who is the head of my life, and to the angel of this house, Pastor Classy Preston. We thank God for her. Can y'all just give God some praises for our leader? Amen. Amen. We thank God for her. She's such a sweetheart and such a mighty woman of God. We thank God for her and her husband, Deacon Jay. We love them so much. We thank God. We give honor to every leader of this house, every leader, every disciple that may be watching. We thank God for you. I want to personally thank God for these wonderful praise team members. Amen. That's allowed me. <laughs> Amen. In the year, I think I've been here, what, a year and maybe some nine months now um, to, to, you know, to participate and do what, you know, what we can um, in the ministry. And I know this last year has not been easy for anybody. And, and people don't understand the art, you know, what goes behind the scenes when you're, you know, putting things together. And especially now, where there's nobody in the pews, you got to tap into the spirit, amen? You got to really tap into the spirit at this time. So I thank God for each, every one of you all, and I love you all so much, and we thank God for you, amen? And I hope that I'm not leaving anybody out, amen? We might have some, I might have some people, um, my family, give a shout out just real quick um, to some family members that may be watching now, I know everybody's in their respective churches and ministries, Wanted to, you know, acknowledge them and thank God. You know, my mother was trying to get here this weekend, but unfortunately she had, you know, some situations going on where she couldn't make it. So we thank God um, for my family members. Um, amen. And last but not least, I want to thank God for a young man that I call husband. Amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. I thank God for thank God for him and who he is in my life and and you know he's such a dear you know, dear man of God and um, you know we you know things go you go through life and you get some bumps in the road we know when it comes to relationships and things of that nature and I you know I'm not ashamed of it I went through some things uh, but but thank God God stepped in Amen He gave me just what I need not necessarily what I was to be for him, but what he has been and is to me, so I thank God for you. Amen. And I often say, you know, if I was 25 years young, I might, you know, we probably could have had two, three little babies that look just like him. If I was 25 years younger, I'm not, that's not, I, I can't do that now, praise God. I don't think we want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but thank God, we do have a blended family. So between the two of us collectively, we have three sons and two grandbabies. Amen. So we, we just thank God for them. Amen. Thank God, Alex and William and my son, Eric, who lives in Virginia. Amen. We thank God for them. Amen. We're not going to belabor the time. We're going to go to the word of God. Amen. Amen. And before, you know, before we go into it, I'm going to tell you a little, little story, okay? And I'm going to issue this disclaimer right now, 
because I don't want to hear it later, like shame on you. I was young, okay, a young girl, so everything I'm about to say, don't charge it to this Benita. You can hold it against me then, even though I knew better, but you know, amen. But anyway, so of course, and I want to say, of course, thank God, you know, that he saved me, amen. And, and, and you know, I came into the Lord early. I mean, eight years old early. And I'm saying, I'm not, you know, I haven't dotted every I or crossed every T, but I thank God that I got saved early in the journey. I wouldn't take nothing for it. I wouldn't take nothing for it. And I am, not just me, as many, many of me, they call church girls. That's just a, limbo, a lingo they use, church girl. And why do they say church girls? Okay, well, you know, I come from a background, Pentecostal background, of course, and we stayed in church all the time. I mean, all the time. In my Deacon family group, y'all probably going, I, I'm gleaming from something we talked about a few weeks ago in the history of the black church. So the Pentecostal experience is, you know, we church. Monday, didn't matter. Tuesday, we stayed in revivals. It could go from Sunday to Sunday. You were in Sunday school, you was in youth meeting. You were inquiring me, personally, in choir rehearsals and things of that nature. Then come back Sunday morning, you morning service. You might be in a, mid, a midday service. You might even come back for an evening service. That's how much I stayed in church. And even we would go out, my sisters and I, we would go out the door during the week in the um, community we lived in. There were people pick on us. Oh, they go to church, girls. They go to church. They go to church. They go to church. And you know, of course, you being young at that time, you're like, man, come on. You know, I want to do this. I want to do that. Now. I thank God that I was raised where I could have some freedoms to do certain things. But when it came to, to doing the things of God, I will say for myself, I can't say for my siblings, but for myself, I, I didn't have a problem going to church. I just, I loved it. I loved what I did working in um, music ministry because that's what I did the majority um, of my life coming up. That's what I did. We just worked. So with that being said, I didn't really have time to go anywhere else. I don't want to go to nobody else's church, you know, because I was in sports and stuff in school, so I had other activities. So I didn't really want to go to other churches. Well, I had a friend, excuse me, I had a friend um, we met in high school. She goes to another church, and her church was, I think, 45 minutes, 45 minutes, almost an hour, little small country church. And she would invite me to church, invite me to church. And I went a couple of times, you know, you know, in the service. And then one particular time, and again, I, I did a lot of things. I played an instrument, you know, sing, do whatever. And she, can you please come to church? Can you please come to church with us? You know, I was like, no, I really don't feel like it, da, da, da. She hit me off with one thing. We have food after. I said, hold on, let me, let me, let me think, let me, you got, you gonna have some food? Yeah, we got some people that they can cook and they can throw down. I said, oh, all right. I said, okay, so I went. All right, so, didn't take but that one time. I ate those people's food, oh my God almighty. So needless to say, every time I had a free opportunity to tip out to her church, that's what I did. We did what we needed to do, we played our little instruments, we sang, so like I said, it's a small church, so the young people did, did a lot in this church. So we would sing, we would play our instruments, sit, you know, sit there and you know, listen to the word, and we go eat. You know, 
We didn't have any other, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do what I do, but I'm ready for this food. And then you can just smell the chicken. Come on, somebody, you can smell the chicken just cooking. How can you focus if you smell a chicken? I don't care how old you are. Let's be real about it. You can't see, if y'all, I don't know about most churches, homecomings, people pack it out for food. Pack it out for food. And how can you focus? And most people dancing because they know they're going to eat after. Ooh, God, we got some food. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to eat? Oh, my gosh. You smell the chicken in the back, and that's the only thing you could really smell was chicken. But you knew there was some other dishes with that. And, oh, God, the anticipation of getting to that, to down, you know, fellowship halls or what have you after service. Man, it was an amazing thing. So, again, Charlie, don't, don't, you know. Don't hold that against me. Yeah, I, I did work in the church. I did do what I'm supposed, you know, what I was asked to do, but it was in anticipation of what I was gonna get after. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And food, and like, you know, our Deacon Family Group was talking about, food is one of those things that's gonna gather people anyway. Yeah. I don't care, you can, you, can, you can front like you, you know, come in and you wanna praise the Lord, and that may, and that may be the case. That may be the case, but you know you had ulterior motives for showing up. Our church back in Virginia, I mean, they had to sit chair, chairs out in the aisle because it was so packed. People you didn't see from last year would show up that year because they knew they were going to eat. <laughs> and that's just what it was. So as we go into this story, as we learn early in chapter 6, verses 1 through 15, it is the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And the rest of the chapter is all about bread. All about bread. The rest of this chapter is all about bread. And even, you know, when you got the food, you're going to always have bread with your food, right? You got to have a little bread on. So I don't care if it was soggy or what have you. you, you they're going to put some bread on that plate. <laughs> it is all about Jesus as the bread. So Jesus has come to give a sign in the multiplying of these loaves that he himself is the bread of heaven. Not mainly that he can make enough bread to feed everybody. Now, in some countries around the world, bread is the main source of their meal. And in most cases, it is bread and water. And that is all they would have for the day until the next opportunity where they could have some more bread. Now, here in the United States, of course, we have vast choices of food. So we consider bread around, around these parts an extra. Um, a freebie, you go to restaurants, they're going to sit bread at the table. A freebie, a side, and there's, within our family, there's this um, inside joke. There's a com comedian that says, bread, along with a side salad, is a promissory note. It's hush until the food is coming. So that's what bread is to us. It's just what's on the side, even though it keeps you until you're going to get your next meal. Amen. We live in a culture where very few people are actually starving. Almost everyone has access to food by some means. Bread is an item we can get a great supply of. Food in some, you know, like the multitudes at that time that were following Jesus, food was scarce. So when they found a source of food, they followed it because food was life. And in verse 25, after the diligent search for Jesus, the people finally locate him on the other side of the sea. Not certain of how Jesus arrived there because he was seen going up to the mountain after the miracle of feeding them. 
and the disciples had not arrived either. So Jesus is immediately asked, when did you get here? They were perplexed at how he had been left behind by his disciples and yet managed to get across the sea. But Jesus does not see their question as a hopeful sign or a direct need of him. These people were impressed by what Jesus has done for them. And a lot of times we're living among people who only want what would benefit them personally in that moment. Jesus asked of us to consider not only what um, we need, but what he can do in us. Jesus doesn't even acknowledge their questions. He goes straight to their motivation and he responds like this in um, verse 26. And this is the message version of this particular scripture. He says, you've come looking for me, not because you saw God in my actions. I'll say it again, you didn't come looking for him because you saw God in his actions, in his miracles and his works, but because I fed you, filled your stomachs and for free. Now the word motivate, now we've heard all of that, you know, we got motivational speakers, the people that inspire us to do better, to be better, to live better. And you know, you can gain a job, you know, things like that make you motivated to pursue an education, to get a better job or career. Your family and your children inspire you to be a better husband, a better wife, a better daughter, a better son, or what have you. A glance in the mirror as you walk by will motivate you to lose a little weight. Hey Amen, maybe that's just my testimony. <laughs> a glance, you know, you look in the mirror, it's like, ooh, I can just stand to shed a few pounds. Those things will motivate you to lose some weight. And we put all, all into these things in hope of seeing results. Man's motive in seeking the Messiah is seeking the answer to these problems. It's often corrupt. What could I possibly mean by that? In the case of these people, it was, and tragically, it is with so many in this generation, and especially today, people often want to what will satisfy them now, not considering their future, or even if what's in front of them is worth them putting practically everything on the line. We are not to seek approval, applause, or recognition of men. If it happens, fine, as long as we direct the glory to God. But we should not count on it. Ultimately, the only rewards that last forever are from God. So those are what we should pursue. And we will only receive these rewards if we learn to obey his sincere, with sincere motives and willing hearts. Thus, the best and most God-honoring response to his commands is to do things outwardly that reflect what we are believing and thinking inwardly. This is what it means to serve God from the heart, amen? When we get to the point that we want to do what God says, we don't want to do what the world says, then we can expect eternal rewards for our obedience. And as we go further down in verses 27 and 28, where I'm gonna draw from, um, it says here, do not work for food that spoils, but for food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus asked, the work of God is this, to believe on the one he has sent. So in other words, you do not put, you do not put all of your time and energy into material things, things that will somehow lose its value, your heart into relationships with people that will end up disappointing you. Even when we look back at the prophet Isaiah in the 55th chapter, in the second verse, he challenges them to work for the imperishable food which God requires. 
Amen. Jesus challenges the crowd to raise their eyes to see beyond the physical realm. Earlier in the fourth chapter of John, Jesus said of himself, my work is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. So God, our, Jesus knows what his assignment is and what he is there to do. And in that, so he is pleading with the people, you know, to take heed to the signs that's around them and see that he is not there just to perform miracles, just perform signs and wonders, but he is there on assignment by God to save and keep us um, eternally. Amen. So when we hear the word work, what are some things that come to mind? Physical movement, something that requires a lot of thought or attention, a daunting task that at times we have put almost everything aside to make it a priority. There are works of God and then there are works of man. And it's very important, it's very important that we know the difference. The works of God are things that we do to give him glory, such as feeding, you know, and clothing the community. And we thank God, um, and I, I say it all the time, I thank God for this ministry that, you know, we have people that go out into the communities and feed, I think is an outstanding thing, and I, I commend them for doing so. And I, I thank God, thank God for them. Thank God for them, especially, especially during this time. Especially during this time. So many people are in lack and in need, and you can just find, you know, find it in your heart to do for others. You know, surely will, God will bless you, and you know, I continue always to you know, keep these people and keep those within this ministry in my prayers. Thank God. And visiting the sick, or even offering a word of encouragement. We don't do these things, again, to seek the approval of man, but that God may be glorified in it, and that's, and that's very, very important. We do things, and I'm, like I said, I'm not talking to you, or, or it might not even be, you know, I'm, not, it might, I'm, I'm gonna say this, it's not in this church. I know there's people that do, do things within their flesh. They do it for the applause, they do it for the likes, they do it for the mentions, they're doing it to, you know, feed their ego. Amen. And it, that is not what God wants. That is not what God wants. If you're doing it, you're just as a, a, a sounding brass and a tingling cymbal. He doesn't even accept what's being said or what you're trying to do or what you're trying to, to you know, put yourself in front of what God is trying to do. Well, saints, what Jesus is offering is yet simple, is big, yet simple at the same time. All he is asking is us for, uh, is of us to believe, believe, believe. I'll say that again, believe. A word that is referenced over 200 times in the Bible. That's how many times it's said. Believe, believe. Believe in having faith that who he, faith in who God is and in what he is sent here to do. The book of Hebrews makes many, many references to the word faith. And it starts at the um, 11th chapter in the first verse. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And then it goes on down to verse six. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You must have faith. You can't come to God any other way. You can't expect God to even move in any other way unless you have just a little bit of faith. Just say that with me, just a little bit of faith. Just a little bit of faith. 
Amen. Faith is an exercise of your mind, your heart, and your spirit, believing that God can meet any need that you may have, and you have to believe that God can meet any crisis that occurs in your life, and have faith that God is all-sufficient. Amen. He is all-sufficient. Everything I need, all I got to do is go to God, pray about it, leave it there, and expect him to do it. But he can't do it unless I put the work in on my end and have, the, have just enough faith to know that any situation, he's going to do it. All you got to do is lay every burden to the Lord and leave it right there. Lay it and leave it there. Lay it and leave it there. <clears throat> and that's a hard thing. I know it's a hard thing. Because we, you know, we, we feel like we just empty, and I don't have to even address this past year. I don't have to address it. I don't have to address what's been going on this past year. And some of y'all, it could be the past 10 years. You, you come and you work, and you do, and you serve, and you feel like I've done all I can do, and I'm still empty. When is God going to do it for me? Well, did you pray about it? That's the first thing. Did you pray about it? Did you pray about it? Did you seek God about what you need? Did you seek God about that emptiness? And I know at this point we are Zoomed out, conference called out, sung out, preached out, media out, musician out, we're, you know, and you're empty. And I'm not saying that to you personally, but we, you know, this is one of those situations where when you strive to do all you can for God and you just come up empty, that's, and I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience, like, God, why am I still feeling this way? Why am I in this depressive state? Why are things working out the way I want them to work out? Well, did you put in the work? That's the situation. Did you put in the work? God, Jesus presents himself to you and says, come to me. All you are who are burdened, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But you got to come to him with a mind that say, God, I'm, I'm going to leave it to you, God. I'm going to extend a measure of faith to you and know that you're going to put into me everything I need. Put into me the strength that I need to deal with my work, to deal with my children, at school, hallelujah, that's why I said, I, there's no way, thank God for you parents, I couldn't do it, I'm going to tell you now, and the new math, oh my Lord, I couldn't do it, I couldn't do it, I, my, I have a nephew that's 10 years old, and my sister, all she fusses about, I got to do this, TT at home again, and da 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 da, I don't know what this news, you know, and I, it's, and she, got, you know, Poor thing, sitting at home, she's trying to work, he's at home, things like that. So I, I God, God bless you all, God bless you all. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't, you know, and that's why I say God, even, and God knows, I sincerely and fervently pray to give everybody just a, just a, a download of strength, a download of faith, uh, you know, encourage their hearts, that he's going to supply every need according to his riches and glory. You ain't got to worry about it. You ain't got to fret about it. Whatever you need is already supplied. You just got to apply your faith. That's all you got to do is just apply your faith. 
That's all you have to do is just apply your faith. And we're going to work our way down, amen, to the 35th verse where Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Hallelujah. Bread is life. Bread sustains life, and bread is life within us. Bread is another word that's referenced hundreds of times in the Bible. So you have believe, and you have bread. That's mentioned, hun believe, faith, actually, and bread that are mentioned over and over and over. So you have to believe that you have to exercise your faith in Jesus Christ that he's going to do it, that he is going to supply every need that you may have. Amen. In the Old Testament, it was offered... Bread was offered to feed their natural man. Now Jesus is offering himself to feed our souls spiritually in the New Testament. If Jesus is our source and our supply, then again, why are we empty? So often we are fulfilled in our natural life and our spirit man is dead. In this walk, you will have moments where you rise, where you fall. Your aroma, your attitude will be good one day and not so good the next. You will be stretched beyond your limits until you feel you are going to break. But God says, believe that I am Yahweh, God of the absolute power. Jesus, if you make Jesus your first priority in your life, what he will do is fill you. He's going to grow you. He's going to stretch you. He's going to sustain you. And he is going to supply for you. So everything you tried to do then, he's going to now stand in that place and be the present supply that you need. Amen. And he says, I am the connector of your future. Your hopes, your prayers, and your very destiny lies in me. You will never experience lack another day in life. And I speak that now to someone, you're waiting for that stimulus check. You wait, waiting, waiting. Whoa, God, waiting. Hallelujah, but even in that, God is going to supply. You ain't got to look for the money. You ain't got to look for money. You don't have to look for it. You don't have to chase it. You don't have to beg for it. This God said he's going to supply every need, every need. You'll never go hungry. You'll never go thirsty. Come on, somebody. You'll never want for anything if you connect to the supplier. Hallelujah. 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 I thank God that he supplied every need. Amen. And I, I know for a shadow of a doubt that he'll do it. I know for a shadow of a doubt there's been times in my life where I needed him to show up. When I say needed him to show up, I mean needed him to show up. Amen. There's, you know, years ago, it was just me and my child. Lost, I've lost, I've lost so many things. I have lost so many things. Jobs, cars, friends. Amen. And in that, God even, like I said, when you're empty, God will step in the nick of time. Amen. I never had to beg for it. I never had to go to the government for it. And I'm not saying I didn't, if, I got to the point where I almost had to. But I said, what kind of God would I serve if I did that? Amen. What kind of God 
if he, if you if God is God, if God God if you are God, that you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Amen. I've been stretched. I've been strained to the point of no return. But God says that I am the bread of life. Amen. And if you come to me, I'll give you what you need. I'll be the lifter of your head. I'll be the sustainer. I'll be the one that stretches you, stretches your food, stretches your money, stretches your mind beyond your reach. Hallelujah. All Jesus wanted us to believe in him. Come to him with an open mind and heart. Accept, live all you can righteously for him in this life. In this life, in this life, what was past is past, but in this life, live all you can. Do all you can. Serve while you can. Let your motives, let your attentions be for God. And I promise you that he is going to give you a life eternal. And I thank God for the promises of God are yea and amen. Thank Thank you, Jesus. I thank God for his sustaining power. I thank God that he sacrificed for us so that we might have a right to the tree of life. Hallelujah. Thank you, you, Jesus. Come on, can we give God some praise for who he is? Come on, can we give God some praise for who he is? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can play softly. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. If there's someone watching today or someone even here, Hallelujah. Who doesn't know Jesus in the pardon of their sins. Amen. We have talked about who Jesus is to us. He is our daily bread. He is the supplier. He is the one that you can go to. He is the one that you can lean and depend on. So I implore you today, if you don't know Jesus, we offer him to you today. Hallelujah. And all it simply says. Yes, Lord. In Romans 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth. And believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and thou shalt be saved. So all you got to say is this little prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. I realize that you are the son of the living God. Come into me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Wash me, Jesus. Make me clean. And I will make you the Lord of your Lord of my life. And if that is your prayer today, we can mean to reach out to someone that can pray with you and get into a Bible-based church. If this is not your church, I'm getting, I encourage you to get into a Bible-based church where you can learn the word of God and feast on his bread and grow. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you again, God, for what you have done for us in this place. Oh God, we thank you, oh God for being just what we need, God. We thank you, O God, for being the lifter. We thank you, O God, for being the supplier. We thank you, O God, for your sacrifice in sending Jesus to us, that we can grow, O God, and live and do for him, O God. We thank you, O God, for every moment that you have allowed us to be in this space, O God. And we ask you right now, O God, to be with your people, O God. Meet every need, O God. We come against anything, O God, that is not like you, O God. We send peace to surround every home and every family, O God, in the name of Jesus, O God. You are the peacekeeper, O God. You are the way maker, O God. You are the miracle worker. And we are counting on you, O God, in the name of Jesus. And even in 
the midst of it all, oh God, you have been good to us, God. You've been better to us than we have been to ourselves, oh God. And we thank you, oh God. Now, as we dismiss God, oh, from this place, oh God, go with us, stand by us, and keep us, oh God. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again.